Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. Blog Talk Radio. Once again, fellas, it's 10 p.m. Eastern Time. Welcome into the Don't Teaser Me Bro podcast. We cover it all, sports gambling, hot takes, food, music, all with a Philly flavor. And yes, we'll take your calls on the hotline. Time to get the party started. Here's your host, Donnie and Jeff. Hey, hey, welcome in to another edition of the Don't Teaser Me Bro podcast. I'm your host, the big man on campus. It is Friday, January 3rd, 2019. Hope you're all having a great day. We head into the weekend here, special Friday show. I'm going to start picking this up Friday again. Usually we're off on Friday, but I want to kind of turn this into a college hoops preview for Saturday. That's what we'll do here tonight. We'll also talk NFL playoffs later in the show. Donnie Wrights will join us. We'll go over the four NFL games this weekend. So sit back, relax. It's a gloomy night around these parts. Uh, let's sit back and talk some hoops. Uh, I want to talk to you. If you want to talk about games, I know there's plenty of you out there that want to talk about certain games. This is where you do it. You can call in now. 515-605-9349. You can ask your questions. You can talk about whatever you want. We're talking games tonight. We're getting you ready for Saturday in College Hoops. So you want to talk about Central Arkansas. You want to talk about Iona. You want to talk about Tennessee State. You want to talk about Southeast Louisiana. I don't care. Call in. You want to talk about a big game. I don't care. Call in. Uh, this is about you folks tonight, uh, and this is the avenue to talk college basketball. So let's get into it. Let's start it out. Obviously, just want to see what went on tonight in college hoops. Big win for the Rutgers Scarlet Knights. They go on the road and beat a bad Nebraska team, 79-62. Houston takes care of Central Florida, 78-63. And a big, easy victory for the Wright State Blue Raiders. They win 96-69. Nice win for Wisconsin. They're playing well. They've won four in a row. They beat Ohio State in Ohio State. How about that? The Badgers, folks, that conference is really good uh, in the Big Ten. So a lot of interesting games as we speak. Uh, Georgetown is getting destroyed again. And look, guys, I told you all the other night, Georgetown is a fade team. Okay? This team has no one. They have nobody. They have no bench. Everybody is – I mean, they've lost basically two players, one left as well uh, to transfer. This team has no one. You look at tonight, Miles Powell not playing well, yet Seton Hall's up 16. That's a comprehensive win. So where are we going tonight? We're going to hit games. We're going to talk about all of them, as many as we can. Um, And, again, I really wanted to develop this show as a way to let you all Talk about the games you want to talk about. 
And I get so many people that reach out to me on a given basis. Hey, big man, what do you think about this game? Hey, big man, what do you think about this game? Hey, big man, what do you think of this game? Well, here's your chance. We had almost 330 votes. 78% of you told me you wanted this show back. So now you have to come to play. I want to talk about the games you want me to talk about. And I'm going to jump right into it here. And I'm really just going to talk about games that are interesting. San Diego State, Utah State, fascinating game. You look at San Diego State right now, okay? If you follow Ken Palm, okay, they're 14-0. They've beaten Iowa. They've beaten Creighton. They beat Utah. They beat Brigham Young. They have a lot of big-time wins. You look at their overall component strength of schedule, 142 in a country. Not great, not bad either, though. But you look at the rest of the way. They do not have a loss on a Ken Palm schedule here. So Ken Palm has them winning every game from here on out. And what's great about tomorrow is this is their toughest game left at Utah State to play the, the Aggies. But the great thing is, Nemius Keita, the, the best player Utah State has, has been injured. He didn't play the other night against UNLV. But I got to tell you, I just look at this game and I say to myself, I don't know if I could bet this. It just seems too good to be true, doesn't it? Doesn't it seem like Cade will come back and give him 14 and 8 and be the difference? But San Diego State's going to lose eventually, aren't they? And you look at San Diego State, they're going to be without a Nathan Mensa, who's their big, a big for them. They need him. He's important depth to them. This just seems like the spot where San Diego State falls, off, falls apart to me. But then I look at it and I say to myself, well, this San Diego State defense is playing at such a high level. Utah State's having real trouble scoring right now. The other night against UNLV, they were lost. They had no idea what they were doing. No idea. And they got beaten up. They got beat up in that game. So it's all about forecasting and saying to ourselves, when do we see them losing? Because i got to tell you, I don't see them losing. If they win this game, I, I mean, I guess you can slip up somewhere, but it doesn't seem real possible, does it? I mean, there's no tough game on the schedule. Maybe New Mexico, the pit's always tough. You look at it in this game tomorrow. It is in Logan, as I said, the number in this game. Utah State's a two-and-a-half-point favorite. You look at the early money. This line opened one-and-a-half. It's up to two-and-a-half. I think this is where San Diego State falters. I think they have a lot of trouble scoring tomorrow. I think Kada plays a factor. I think to get the job done here. They're going to lose eventually. This is probably the likely spot to do it in. If you want to join the show, I'd love to hear from you. 515-605-9349. This is the great thing about the Internet, right? You get hundreds of people that say they want the show back. Call in. That's what makes the show great. Let's go to the phone lines. Call your live. What's up? What's up, Jeff? It's Jeff in L.A. What up, bro? How you doing? I'm doing well. How about you? Great. What did you think of that Rutgers-Nebraska game tonight? Well, I got to tell you, I thought it was a tough slip-up spot for Rutgers, and they passed the test with flying colors. They are really good on defense. Uh, I like what Pike was done. He makes them tough. 
Nebraska's really bad. They, they've got to they really overhaul that team, get some real players in there. Hoiberg's got to work his magic. Yeah, I saw the line dropping, and I just couldn't believe that you were getting Rutgers minus five when it went off. It, was, it seemed too good to be true For, from a quality yeah, I, team. I think, yeah, I think, you know, again, I've talked about this before. You're not going to make a lot of money betting on road teams, especially in conference, but you know, Nebraska just seems really lost without a paddle right now. I mean, you look at tonight in this game, I mean, you shoot 31%. I mean, 25% from three. It's just – it's horrific. And at home. You know, it's going to take some time. Yeah, at home, exactly. Uh, it's an ugly – they're an ugly team right now. They're an ugly sports program right now. And, look, they, they should have fired Tim Miles two years ago. They waited too long, and now uh, they bring in Hoiberg. He doesn't have anybody. Um, I made money once with them this year, and that was it. And I was good with it. Yeah. Nice break in on the San Diego State game tomorrow. I'm with you. Yeah, it looks too good to be true, doesn't it? I mean, why is San Diego State Absolutely. getting two and a half? I mean, it just Absolutely. it just looks really touchy. I mean, I you've got to be able to see through these spots in college basketball, and this looks like a real touchy one if you're an Aztec fan. Nice. Well, thanks for taking my call, and I appreciate you bringing the show back. Yeah, I appreciate it, man. I, I thank you. Do you have any game you want to talk about? You have any game you're looking forward to tomorrow? Well, I know you're on the I know you're on the Eagles. And I'm leaning that way too. I think Seattle's done. I don't think I don't think they get anything out of Marshawn on the road on Sunday night. Um at home I can see him getting that playoff touchdown, but you know, not on the road. Yeah, I mean, the Eagles have one of the better rush defenses in the NFL. I, I just think they're really hamstrung, Seattle, on where to go with the football. I mean, you know, Russell Wilson's terrific, but he can't do it all himself. Uh, Carson's playing at a high level right now. This team, this team's won 16 of 25 at home. They're really good in this building, and I, I just wonder where the offense is going to come from from Seattle. Yeah, unless Russell has a magical game. I don't see it happening. Agreed. Thanks for listening, bro. You got it, bro. Take it easy. Um, yeah, I, I mean, we'll talk about the NFL uh, in just a little bit. Donnie Wright said will join us, uh, and we will talk uh, all four playoff games. Uh, we're really just talking about whatever college game you want to talk about. I do want to quickly mention Philadelphia 76ers are down 101 to 90. It's nice to see that, um, you know, th- they took that players-only meeting to, to heart, it looks like. Um, listen, Brett Brown needs to be fired. I mean, it, it just sucks. It sucks. It sucks. It sucks. It sucks. And I'm tired of it, but I don't want to go down that road, uh, because if I do, I'll get pissed off. But yeah, back to the San Diego state, Utah state game. I, I just, these spots are so interesting in college basketball where you look at it and you say, what the hell, what's going on there? But Utah state just really does a lot of things. Well, I mean, they don't turn the ball over. They really hit the boards hard. I mean, they're one of the better defensive rebounding teams in the country. They're rebounding about 31% of their misses. They're a really good offensive rebound team. They're great at the free throw line. Um, you know, they don't really have a deep team. They really just kind of go seven. But, you know, outside of that, if if they can get Kata back, I, I definitely think they win this basketball game, especially in that building. I mean, that's arguably the best student section in America. Utah State has a terrific home court advantage. And, you know, for San Diego State, um, you know, they've had a couple true road games. You know, you look at uh, – they went to BYU. That's always a tough game. Got the job done there. 
Uh, went to San Diego, which over the years for them has been a tough game. Uh, it's a it's a in city rival, uh, and you know that's a slip up game. It's a game that you don't look on the schedule and say, oh, we're playing San Diego, we're going to get a good game from them. Uh, you kind of take it lightly, and you know going in there and winning by 17 and holding them to 49 is what you need to do, and they did it. Uh, then they had a road game at Colorado State. Always hard to go into that uh, arena and win. You know it's elevation. You know these are this is a a really comprehensive schedule. I mean, they have good, solid wins. They have solid road wins. They're taking care of business when they need to. Um, there's just really not a lot to not like about San Diego State. I just look at this and I say, well, here's the problem, though. Eventually, they're going to lose. And I just can't and don't want to be there. Now, look, am I going to bet you to State tomorrow? I don't know. I want to get better news on Kada uh, before I do. Um, my thought was the other night, he played from a precautionary level. He didn't play. Um, but I don't know. I mean, he's been injured for a while. So, I mean, it's not, you know, it's not out of the question. I think maybe he, he got a knock against Florida and 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 it's re-aggravated it. Villanova and Marquette tomorrow night in uh, – it's actually 2.30 tomorrow in uh, Wisconsin. Marquette over the years has been very good in five serve center. Uh, they've been real. In fact, they beat Marquette or I'm sorry, they beat Villanova two out of the last three years in that building. But one thing that I've been concerned with, with this Marquette team and their three losses this year, they've come by 16, 21 and 18. When they lose, they really fucking lose. They have some good wins, but both these teams, Villanova and Marquette, are really dependent on the three-point shot. Both these teams are 59th and 33rd in the country in point distribution from the three-point line. Basically, in layman's terms, the offense they run is basically very three-point reliant. They have to hit threes to win games. Look, I'm good with Villanova at home. I'm good with Villanova in that building. I'm good with Villanova – um, you know, on the main line or, or at the Wells Fargo Center, but I'm not good with them on the road. And you look at Villanova, okay? They played at Xavier. They played at home. They played Kansas at home. They played Delaware on a neutral court, and they played St. Joe's in St. Joe's. But if anyone doesn't know, St. Joe's is like five minutes from Villanova. Oh, and then they played Penn and LaSalle at home. Okay, so you look at Villanova, guys. They have not left. The city of Philadelphia – I'm sorry, they, they played Delaware in Prudential Center, which is in New Jersey. But they've not left this general vicinity since November 24th, so since Thanksgiving. They've basically been at home. That's a long time at home. Now you go on the road, and you've got two real tough games. So I guess the thing with Villanova is – Maybe you don't back them tomorrow or bet against them tomorrow. Maybe you look to bet against them on, on Tuesday when they play Creighton. But I think Marquette can give them some issues. You look at last season, I mean, um, Marcus Howard had 38 points last season against Villanova in one of the games, the one in um, in uh, Milwaukee. Both these teams going to run with a nice pace. This is a game that should get into the mid-70s. Should be a fun game to watch for sure. We should see plenty of points here because both these teams love the Jack threes. Marquette's going to have a good pace to them. Both these teams, particularly Marquette, get to the free throw line considerably. This should be a fun game. But I look at Marquette 
They have a deeper bench. They're experienced. They're big. They do a pretty nice job at rebounding the basketball. I wasn't crazy about laying two, but I would if I had to. If I had to play a game, it would be this one. And one thing about Marquette that I really love is they are a long team on the perimeter. You look at, outside of Howard, you have McEwen, Sakar Amin, Brandon Bailey, Greg Elliott, Ed Morrow, Theo John. All these guys, big guards, big wings. And that's one of the reasons they're holding teams at 30.5% from three. That's really good. So I, I, I definitely am liking Marquette in this kind of spot. If you want to join the show, 515-605-9349. Don't be bashful. Join me. Let's talk. What game do you want to go over? What game do you have your eye on tomorrow? I'm just going to go rapid fire. I'm just going to do that. How about that? Let's just go rapid fire. Let me give you my opinion. All right. Indiana, Maryland. Does anyone want to lay eight points with Maryland? I mean, is anyone really in the business of wanting to do that? Because I got to tell you, I'm not. Maryland's lost two or three. I, they didn't look particularly good the other night against the Bryant Bulldogs. I think that's their mascot name. Yes, it is. How about that? Um, but yeah, I mean, they've lost two or three. They're not a great offensive team. They don't really do anything that well. And I look at Indiana. I mean, I like Indiana. I do. I don't like road teams, but I don't mind road teams getting eight points. And Indiana's off a seven-point loss to Arkansas. Arkansas's really good. One thing I love about Indiana, they get to the free throw line. There's nothing better than teams that get to the free throw line. You're going to score a lot of points from the line. They're not defended on three-point shots. I have no interest in betting Indiana, or I'm sorry, on Maryland right now. I just don't. Outside of Anthony Cowan, you know, Wiggins, Smith, there's not much here. Shout out to Trace Jackson Davis. I like that kid a lot. They're a big team, Indiana, 12th in the country in height. Big group, good bench, deep team. They just put their head down and get to the basket. That's what you like about them. So, yeah, I'm not crazy about laying eight points with Maryland right now. I'm just not. Go ahead, caller. You are live on the air. What's your name? What up, big man? It's Brendan from Miami. Hey, what's up, bro? Uh, I'm curious what you think about this Duke game tomorrow night. I'm kind of surprised by the number. I thought it would be in double digits. Personally, think Duke's going to destroy us on the boards. I know Likes and DJ have been playing well, but I kind of think uh, Duke runs away with this one. Yeah, you know, here's the thing, man. I mean, I think the key to staying in games is like a double-digit, whether it's road underdog or a home underdog, is can you hit threes and do you make your foul shots? And Miami does both those. They're not a great foul shooting team. They're good, but they're really good from three, as you probably know. They don't turn the ball over. Likes is, I mean, likes is terrific uh, from that standpoint. I mean, how does Chris likes do what he does? What he does? I mean, I'm sure you've seen them. I mean, live, he's, he's electric. He, I mean, yeah, he's so small. It's crazy. Yeah, I, I think he's pretty underrated. Most people don't know about him, but if you watch him for 40 minutes one night, he's one of the most fun players in college basketball to watch right now. 
the, the problem that Miami's going to have in this game is they, they can't rebound the basketball. I mean, they're really bad on the glass. But, you know, I think with, with any time you get a home underdog, especially close to a double-digit underdog, I don't like road teams in conference play. I just don't. Um, but Duke's playing at a really high level right now. But over the years, they've had trouble down there. I mean, I, I remember over the years, Jim is a good coach. He preaches defense, something that they've done pretty well this year. Um, again, my big key to big underdogs is do you make threes and can you make your free throws? And do you not turn the ball over? Because you don't want to let Duke run the other way with easy opportunities. Keep in mind, Trey Jones, he's been in and out of the lineup. So, uh, yeah, this is this, it's not the worst spot. He didn't play the other night, but he wasn't real effective. I think he was like one for eight from, from two and three combined. But, yeah, Duke's a team you don't really ever want to bet again. So if I were you, I'd probably just look elsewhere tomorrow. Yeah, I was thinking about first half number. I mean, you touched on it, but we were getting out rebounded in uh, out of conference games with nobody teams. So I imagine Duke and Kerry would eat us alive tomorrow. I'll tell you though, Miami's a, an interesting group. I mean, your only losses this year are to three top sixty teams and two top twenty five teams. So I mean, they're they're actually an interesting team. I mean, some solid wins this year. Don't sleep on UCF. They're always good under Dawkins. Missouri State's a solid team. Illinois is a good Big Ten team. My Temple Owls, they beat them on a neutral. And then they beat Clemson in their first um, uh, conference game. This is a tough conference, but I like Miami. I like uh, Vasiljevic. I believe is his name, Vasiljevic. I like Magusti. Brought him from Oklahoma. Don't don't sleep on this Miami team. I know you're a fan. I'm sure. Um, don't sleep on them. I yeah. think they're better than you might think. They're they're going to have some trouble. Um, it's a tough conference, but um, they've been playing well so far. Don't don't be surprised if they hang in this game a little bit. Yeah, I think Keith Stone's been a good addition to the transfer as well. Get some little size down low, but uh, yeah, the UConn game was a dud. The Louisville game was tough. Obviously, Louisville's tough to keep up with, but uh, they played well in the first half. They just got run out a little bit in the second half. Yeah, I think um, you just kind of take it. You're you're playing with house money. I mean, you're in. You live in Miami. I mean, there's nothing better than that. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, not, not the end of the exactly. world. Good stuff, Brent. I appreciate it, big man. Have a good one. All right, buddy. Take it easy. Uh, let's keep it going here. If you want to join in, 515-605-9349. Any game on the board. I don't care where it is. Let's talk about it. Uh, caller, you're live. What's up? Yo. Yo. He is not there. Call back. Caller, you are live. What's up? What's your name? Hey, what's going on, Jeff? This is Josh out of Greenville, North Carolina. How are you, bud? Josh, Greenville. I love Greenville. What's up, Josh? Uh, just uh, just want to get your take on the Pirates, uh, what you like, what you've seen, what you might don't like. Uh, uh, hung in there close with Wichita. Got uh, USF coming up on Tuesday. Yeah, that's a winnable game. I mean, USF right now is without David Collins, one of their better players. They're really relying on getting getting to the free throw line, not a, a winning formula. Plus, if you get to the foul line and don't make your free throws, you're not going to score a lot of points. That's one thing USF does. But w- what I think about East Carolina, look, I like Joe Dooley. I think he's a good coach. Jaden Gardner's really good. But, you know, I think you could take some moral victories that you almost beat Wichita because Wichita is a top 25 team. But I don't know. I, I mean, they don't really do a ton great offensively. I guess the one thing – you can always hang your hat on with 
um, with the East Carolina is they get to the free throw line and they make those free throws. They're good on the offensive glass. They're good on the defensive glass. But, you know, they're going to take their lumps. I mean, this is a team that's obviously trying to find themselves. They're going to beat a lot of bad teams, which is something they've done. But I don't know. Can they be an underdog kind of team? Yeah, I think as an underdog, a big underdog in this conference, I'd be worth – it'd be worth taking a shot with them. Like Saturday, next Saturday they play SMU at home. It might be a decent spot. SMU might be a little overvalued, but they do have some metrics that are kind of interesting. I mean, they're a pretty high-paced team. They have a guy that can score the basketball, and they get to the foul line. I think they're getting there under Joel Dooley. Give them time. The fact that you got a guy like Jaden Gardner and you're able to get a guy like Seth Liday, who uh, you know hasn't played this season, I don't think, but um, you know, he hasn't played in a while. I think it's getting better there. Your sports programs are getting better. And I, I'm sure I know you from – I do some call-ins with, with uh, Pirate Radio, and I tell them yeah, all the time, I mean, you, you have two great coaches there. I mean, Mike Houston, fantastic, and then Joe Dooley. It's getting there, okay? It's, it's, you're not going to go to the NCAA tournament this year, but you're getting there. Uh, I don't know. Maybe we can make some waves in, in conference play. All right, buddy. I appreciate it. Y'all have a good night. Thanks for support, man. I I want to tell you something before you go. Um, you guys are some of the great fans in America, and I mean that. You guys do a great job of supporting a small program. Um, I, I, you have some of the best fans in the country, and I believe that. We love it here, bud. Good stuff. All right, buddy. Be safe uh, this weekend. Have a good weekend, all right? Thank you. You too. See you, brother. Uh, Greenville, one of the great small schools in America. And I mean, uh, Clip uh, and the guys at Pirate Radio do a great job. They always have me on, always very kind to me, let me have a platform. So, uh, yeah, I I think East Carolina is getting there. I I don't think they're going to win a lot of games in in conference play this year, but I think the goal is just improve, win games maybe you shouldn't, uh, and and find a way. Uh, Let's keep it going here. Caller, you're live. What's up? Yo. Hey, you there? What's up? What's up, man? Hey, it's Dom Trotto. How you doing, man? What's up, brother? Hey, Jeff. Uh, question for you. So there's two uh, undefeated teams left in the country right now. What are the chances you think there's zero come Saturday night? I think the chances are really good. I, I had to tell you. I, I think Auburn has a really tough game at Mississippi State. The thing about Mississippi State, they're getting healthy. Nick Witherspoon back. Students are back at Mississippi State. Their classes start Monday. Auburn is a team that has really been able to skate by against a pretty easy schedule for the most part. I know, you know you'll see a lot of like decent teams, but no great teams. Mississippi State, big group. They offensive rebound the basketball like hell. They get to the line. Um, I think there's definitely one for sure. One of these teams is going to lose tomorrow. But I think there's a good chance both lose. I mentioned earlier with San Diego State, I think they're going to have a lot of trouble with Utah State. I mean, answer me this. Why is that line two and a half? Why is Utah State a two and a half point favorite? San Diego State's undefeated. Something going on there. I think it's a great question by you. I think both teams lose tomorrow. All right. That's what I was thinking. I mean, I like San Diego State this year. They look really good. This is probably the best San Diego State team I've ever seen, but this just feels like yeah. they're they're in a trap spot, right? Yeah, that's a good point by you. I, I said before, I mean, I actually I, I saw them live when Kawhi Leonard was there. I was out in San Diego, and I saw them. And that team with Kawhi Leonard in his last year, they went to the Sweet 16. 
under Steve Fisher, they were really good. I mean, they were terrific on the defensive and really the similar team of this year. But, yeah, I, I think you can make the case this is the best team they've ever had there. Um, and I think I think it would be fascinating if they do win tomorrow because, I, like I said, I don't – I, I got to tell you, I don't see a, a team that can beat them on the schedule in the regular season. I mean, you know, they could slip up going to Laramie or, or the pit or something. But, um, yeah, as far as tomorrow, it, it does definitely seems like a, a trap, if you will. Cool. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Nice to hear your thoughts, man. Thanks. Yeah. Hey, thanks, brother. Great question. Uh, make sure you call in again. Thanks, man. Um, great calls. Good stuff. This. Is, listen, let me tell you something. If I could get this back to back to back like this, I would do this show every night. I'd do it for as long as you want. I love talking basketball. I could do it all day. And I actually have some cool information, guys, coming up. Uh, starting next week, Mike Randall is going to join us on a regular basis, and Three Men Weave is going to join us on a, an everyday basis. They're going to join us every Wednesday night. The guys at Three Men Weave, three of the great minds in college basketball. So if you like college hoops, they're going to join us. So make sure you check that out uh, going forward. Um, but let's do this. Let's take a break. Uh, we'll be back. We'll get Donnie Wright set up in a little bit. We'll talk NFL. And make sure you call in. I want to hear from you. Uh, 515-605-9349. When we come back from the break, we will take more of your calls. What game are you looking at tomorrow as we head into a big day in college hoops? fresh opinions on sports, sex, culture, food, and more? Well, it's time for you to go check out our friends at PubSearchRadio.com. From podcasts to blogs to live content and radio, live in the heart of San Antonio, PubSearch Radio provides plenty. They have terrific soccer, UFC, and niche topics, too. Leave it to me. Leave it to my opinion. The big men on campus. I co-sign PubSportsRadio.com. And you can also check out people like me, Donnie Wrightside, Ski Profit, and more. Check out the newest in opinions in all the blog culture. PubSportsRadio.com. Podcast. It is Friday, January 3rd, 2019. We're talking college hoops Saturday. we got a big card coming up. And the caller just before the break, what a great question by him about the, the two undefeated teams. And you could really see it happening tomorrow, couldn't you? Two tough opponents, two road games for those teams. I think Auburn has gotten by against a pretty easy schedule. You look at the Auburn Tigers – Beat BYU or uh, it's not BYU. They beat um, they beat Davidson, which was a neutral site game, uh, solid victory. But you look at their one true road game, an away game at South Alabama, buzzer beater, beat that group by one. You beat New Mexico. They're not a vintage Lobo team. You beat Richmond. You yeah, Richmond's solid, but I mean you should beat them. 
Furman, nice win. Three-point overtime win. NC State, that's probably your best win. But, again, I mean, outside of Markel Johnson, I, I don't love that group either. So, I, I mean, a lot of games you should win. That's what Auburn has done. They've beaten a lot of teams that they should beat. And you look at this team from last year, they were a great three-point shooting team. They were high-tempo, got to the foul line, did their thing. This year, though, you look at their free throw, uh, three-point attempts to field goal attempts, 50th in the country. So what that means is they're taking a lot of threes, and they're not making them either, which is a concern. They're only making about 33% of their threes. They only have one guy shooting at 35.5% or better that plays regularly. That's not good. For a team that shoots that many threes, not good. Not what you want. Austin Wiley's had a good year, but I think Mississippi State, I mean, they can really counteract that with Abdul Otto, you know, Robert Woodard, Reggie Perry. I mean, they're massive. Mississippi State's a massive basketball team. And like I said, getting Witherspoon back is such a huge, huge get. I mean, getting him back is so big. You look at last year. I mean, he was a really good basketball player for them. He was sixth in the conference in steal percentage, 16th in the conference in two-point percentage. I mean, he's a guy that can score the basketball, something they have really needed. And it was sh- it showed the other night. He played uh, 24 minutes the other night, had 10 points, four assists, three rebounds, two steals, and a block. He was all over the place. Oh, and he's six or six in the line in a 96-68 win. That was the best win Mississippi State's had this year, the best win. Students are back tomorrow. It's a good spot for Mississippi State, real good spot, real good spot. It's nice to see Nick back. He's an important player for this group. And I think makes him a real interesting team in the SEC. Because the SEC team, we talk, uh, SEC conference, we talked about it the other night with Mike Randall. You know, Kentucky's good, and LSU's solid, Florida's solid, but, you know, is there like an unbeatable team? I, I don't think. And you look at Mississippi State, I mean, lost to Villanova by seven on a neutral. I watched that game. They were right in it. You do have some losses that you probably shouldn't lose. You shouldn't lose the, to, to New Mexico State, but New Mexico State's the best team in the WAC. They're going to the tournament this year. Louisiana Tech, they're a really solid CUSA team. Beat Kansas State, beat Radford, beat Kent State. All those teams are pretty solid mid-majors. This is a big-time game for them tomorrow. And one thing about Auburn, not a good defensive rebounding team. Mississippi State should have a lot of easy buckets tomorrow. So great question by the caller there. Great fucking question. Georgia-Memphis, kind of a weird game. A game with, you know, what you would think to be fun. I mean, this should be a lot of possessions. This should be a lot of offense. This should be a game in, in the 150s, maybe 160s. I mean, both these teams are light year fast. They go really quick. And both these teams love to just get to the basket. I think we see a lot of points in this game. A lot of points. But I'll tell you, at home, Memphis looks really strong here. I feel like if you can take care of Anthony Edwards, you're going to win. 
And, you know, you look at for the record, I mean, Precious Achua is uh, kind of the leader right now. He should be able to take care of Rayshon Hammonds. Memphis is good. They're really good. I mean, one loss on the year back November 12th. They've riled off a lot in a row. It's a good team. And Georgia's not a good basketball team. Georgia has Anthony Edwards. That's about it. Other than that, they're a bad defensive team. They don't rebound the ball well. They don't force turnovers. They don't shot block. They have no bench. So, Memphis looks pretty good here. I got to tell you. Call your live. What's up? Hey, Jeff, nobody wants to hear your opinion on anything, big boy. You do, though. Literally You're on nobody. the phone. You do. You're terrible. You do, though. You're it's listening. And you smell like shit. You're listening, like, I though. I can smell your diaper all the way. You're listening, though. Coast, man. You're listening, no though. listening to on you. A Friday night. Are you out of your fucking on- mind, big boy? On a Friday night, you're calling in and listening, bro. Thank you. Oh, big boy. Got anything you're doing tonight? What are you up to tonight? God, dude, your diaper literally yeah. smells like my fucking yeah. asshole. Thanks your for listening, man. like fucking shit. Thank you. Have a good night. Fuck you. Appreciate you calling. Thanks for wasting your night with me. Um, God, that was a funny call. Was, we all laughing. <laughs> funny. Uh, but yeah, hey, look, that guy took time out of his night to call us. So, yeah, that's what happens. Even Howard Stern gets prank calls. So, thanks for calling, man. Uh, anybody that calls will we'll take their call either way. Uh, but yeah, as far as Memphis, this looks like a really good spot for them tomorrow. You know, George has had some real trouble. Memphis looks legit. That's a good home court atmosphere there. It's a good Saturday afternoon game they get a good crowd there kind of a a good basketball crowd memphis always does always is uh texas tech oklahoma state you know i'm waiting for chris beard's team to put a full game together they have jamias ramsey back finally which is big you're getting him back is always important he's the best player on that team but really haven't seen a, a a real great game from them i guess outside of louisville that was a really good game but we didn't have ramsey then they had lost three, uh, three in a row before that. Oklahoma State's solid, man. They really are. Great defensive team. This should be a good good game. Low scorer. I would be surprised if either team gets to 70. Kind of like maybe a 65-62 type of game, something like that. You get a total here at 131.5. I think this game is played, you know, 65 60, something like that. 131 and a half seems a bit high. Especially for two teams that aren't particularly quick from a pace perspective. If you want to join the show, I'd love to hear from you. 515-605-9349. Donnie Wrightside will join us in just a couple minutes. Uh, We will talk uh, college, uh, well, not college basketball, we'll talk NFL uh, Temple University is getting destroyed right now uh, to Tulsa. And, you know, this is something that I had to figure um, would happen. Uh, Temple is not a good road team. They just aren't. Their football team wasn't either. Uh, there are reports that Zach Ertz is going to play Sunday, which is wild. I mean, <laughs> 
He's got a cut on his kidney. According to the Eagles, though, it is um, it is improving. According to medical doctors, uh, no one would clear a football player to play contact sports with a kidney cut, which is wild. We'll see. We'll see what Donnie Wright said thinks. Um, the Sixers, I wanted to check in on what they're up to, uh, and I'm guessing they're getting beat up. Yep, they've lost. Um, listen, this is what the Sixers are. Bad team. Fire Brett Brown. Please. Do you have any other games you want to talk about? Please call in. We'd love to hear from you. Donnie Wright is going to join us next. Let's take one more break. We'll be back with you right after this. fresh opinions on sports, sex, culture, food, and more? Well, it's time for you to go check out our friends at PubSearchRadio.com. From podcasts to blogs to live content and radio, live in the heart of San Antonio, PubSearch Radio provides plenty. They have terrific soccer, UFC, and niche topics, too. Leave it to me, leave it to my opinion, the big men on campus, I co-sign PubSearchRadio.com. And you can also check out people like me, Donnie Wrightside, Ski Profit, and more. Check out the newest in opinions in all the blog culture, PubsforTradio.com. Sunday night. We'll see what happens in the uh, NFL playoffs. Talk about that. Uh, get you ready for another week in sports. As I said, next week we're going to start to get into guests every week. Ian Cameron will join us tonight. Mike Randall will join us. The Three Man Weave will join us. Um, if you want me to get someone on the show, tell me when and who you want, and we'll get them on. Um, I do anything I can to get guests on. I love hearing from people, people that love sports and are good at talking about it uh, anytime we can bring on great information i'm going to look to do it um, as you're waiting for donnie right side uh kind of a concerning story comes out and if you want to join the show if you have a game you want to talk about uh, call in anytime 515-605-9349 um kind of a concerning story uh adrian broner who uh, many people know uh from his um you know, boxing career uh, or his inability to have a boxing career. Uh, he was in some hot water after uh, sending a DM to uh, the Catch Me Outside girl, Danielle Bergoli. Uh, basically, he you know reached out and told her to text him. Uh, problem is, Daniel Bergoli's 16. Adrian Broner's 30. Now, 
again, a terrible look for Broner, who continues to wallow in despair. I mean, the guy's never won a legit boxing fight. Um, he's had a lot of trouble with the law. I mean, he's failed to, to pay. Um, he was just ordered to pay more than $700,000 to a sexual assault victim. Uh, he's been involved with some robberies uh, you know, in, in public. He claims that he didn't know she was 16. Um, oddly enough, though, that's pretty much everybody knows that. Um, he calls the whole thing an honest mistake. According to Broner, who told the Shade Room, nobody wants to date a kid. But I fought Instagram for not having people's ages on day profile. I thought she was growing the way she out here moving. Okay. I mean, obviously that makes sense. Um, look, I think it's obviously important that social networks do their due diligence to have some sort of age requirement. The thing is, I mean, age requirements, you just lie. I mean, just people just people that are, say, 17 say they're 20. I mean, how do you how do you curb that? I'm not making an excuse for Adrian Broner, though. Adrian Broner's a dope. I mean, let me ask you. Like, if, if it crossed your mind and thought maybe she's – like, did it ever cross your mind that she, she acts young? She looks young. I mean, why don't you just, like, go on Google and type in her rap name, Bad Baby, whatever. I think it's Bad Baby, yeah. Okay. It says she's 16 years old. <laughs> it's pretty fucking clear that she's a kid. But, again, this isn't surprising with Adrian Broner. I mean, this isn't the first time he's done something stupid. But do you really believe that he didn't know she was 16? I will say, though, she does act like she's grown, and she does act like she's out there doing her thing. So, but had no excuse either way. Uh, definitely an odd. Um, I don't know. Adrian Broner's a weirdo, though. And now Adrian Broner's baby's mother is is roasting him as he slides into to her DMs. Uh, so it's getting worse and worse for uh, for for, uh, for Broner. So uh, we're waiting for Donnie Wrightside. Uh, he will join us in just a second. Um, and Miss Louie Bags, who's Broner's baby mama, basically Snapchatted, shit, I done told him to find a stepmama, not a stepchild. That's out of that's out of that's out of pocket for Broner. Uh let's go to the phone lines. Uh go ahead, caller, you're up. Which caller is this? It's you. Yeah, exactly. It's me. Hey, what's Donnie Rose, what's up? Let's go. What are you you surprised by the telephone number out there? I'm a, I live in Vegas. I, man. Come on. Yeah, I see a Vegas phone number. <laughs> uh, <laughs> how you doing tonight, Donnie Wright? Said join us. How you doing? Yeah, doing good, man. Just getting ready. Go going over some, you know, things for tomorrow. Just hanging back, watching some stuff, watching the Sixers just get absolutely blasted. Which I know us being big Philadelphia fans, if you are not happy right now with the Sixers, this is the single greatest thing that can happen. The only thing that's the downfall, Jeff is that the Eagles are the talk of the town and nobody's paying attention because we'd have the pitchforks out and Brett Brown be walking the plank by tomorrow morning. But he's not. Well, I'll tell you, though, I um, I actually disagree. Last night I was listening to the Fanatic, and I mean, every call was Sixers, and it was a lot of, it was a lot of negativity. <laughs> I mean, you have a lot of pissed-off fans right now, and a lot of it has to do with the fact – I mean, how about the other night, Diane, they talk about they had like a players-only meeting. You know, they're calling each other out and stuff. Yeah, it seemed like it worked tonight. I mean, give me a break. Fire Brett Brown already. 
Yeah. Fire Brett Brown. Yeah, no, it's, makes he's, he's, break, he's, it's a shame. And I, we, I always get back to Sam when we did shows together. There was a reason Sam Hinkie picked Brett Brown for the tank because he was a coach yeah. that could not impact the team winning a game, and he was perfect. Yeah, no, you're 100% right. Let me ask you, um, you know, if you're the Sixers, you obviously have to make a move. I mean, you don't have any yeah. shooters on this team, so – a caller called in on the radio the other night and, and mentioned this. Like, what if they were to call New Orleans and say, yo, New Orleans, look, we'll trade you Ben Simmons for Drew Holiday, J.J. Reddick, and, like, another player? No, I mean, no. You, you you're, get, not, yeah, you're stuck with him. Like, you're stuck with Joel Embiid and you're stuck with Ben because you'll never get equal talent back. So, I mean, I'll trade anybody yeah, else besides been, those two, but. I don't know, dude. Drew Holiday's pretty good, and he's a good oh, point guard. Oh, man. He's so old. Like, Ben yeah. Simmons is going to be in the league another 15 years. It's it's hard to do that. Like, unless you were saying, like, we're going to trade Ben Simmons to Portland and get, like, Damian Lillard, I'm just not doing it. It's just not worth it. Well, there, there was talk that, you know, they're looking towards C.J. McCollum, but I don't know. They're just – they're really disappointing. I mean, remember the one of the women uh, – the one on Christmas, everyone's all happy and excited. Uh, then they go out and – what do they lose? Four straight here? Embarrassing. Yeah, and, and, and embarrassing uh, fashion. They're lucky they're away from home and nobody's really looking at them. But another embarrassing – but they weren't even close in that game. Forget about the final score. It was like – it should have been a 30-point game. Yeah, and again, I mean, whether it's 30 or one, it was a lose. It was a That's loss cool. either way. Um, all right, Donnie, let's get into these playoff matchups here. We got four of them. And I want to, before we do that, shout out to everyone that called in. A lot of good calls on a lot of games. Um, by the way, Donnie, I'll ask you. A caller called in and asked, um, there are two undefeated teams left in college basketball, Auburn and San Diego State. Both yeah. those teams have road games tomorrow, both in conference. San Diego State has Utah State. Auburn has mm-hmm. Mississippi State. Caller asks, how many of those teams are undefeated at the end of the night tomorrow? I don't know. What's the lines on those games? Is any of them underdogs? They're both the like basically. They're basically both getting points at home, on the road. I mean, sorry. Oh yeah, so, yeah. One of them's going down. Then that's a, that's a yeah. great indicator. Of that. Yep. I'll say fifty. Yeah. One of them's going to win. One of them's going to lose tomorrow. I think that makes sense. Yeah, San Diego State. I think is the team that wins. I think Auburn will lose. Um, all right. Uh, tomorrow, first game, Buffalo. At Houston, we're using FanDuel for these lines. Houston currently a two and a half point favorite, total forty three and a half. Uh, Donnie, I'll go to you. Um, really simply, Buffalo is a great defense. They're probably the best defense in the NFL, maybe other than New England. Got a great pass rush. Linebackers are good. Back in the back end, Poyer, Hyde, all those guys, White. I mean, they're terrific. They're so good. They get to the quarterback, and we know the Texans can't protect Watson. And I talked about this last week. I had a, a big play on Tennessee's team total over against Houston. This defense is bad. I mean, they're really bad. They're the worst red zone defense in the league. They don't get off the field on third down. And I know your boy J.J. Watt's not going to just resurrect this defense because he comes back. What are we missing here with Buffalo? Are we missing anything? I think you're still getting that stigma, Jeff. And I'm going to give you some stats to play into it because when you think Buffalo Bills, you think – you know, overthrows by the quarterback, an offense that is really stagnant, and can they score enough to be on the road, and they're a young team, is Josh Allen ready to win on the road, which, you know, a lot of that factors in, but when you take a look overall at the Buffalo Bills and what they do and what they don't do well, a lot of it plays into, Jeff, who they play, because the point you bring up is that they had a lot of bench players last week go in, but they were getting shredded all game long, so, I mean, scheme, whatever, and you're right, J.J. Watt coming back in this game, other than him holding his GoPro and his 
American flag. He's probably going to play 20 snaps all in pass situations because he's got a torn pack. You're not going to line him up a defensive tackle on first down and you know, or third down and one where they're going to run the football where he can get hurt. But if you look at this game, Jeff, the Houston Texans come in, and you have to look at like opponents, right? And I'll start with the Buffalo Bills. Their last five games that they played after they slaughtered Miami, I believe they played like 37 points versus Miami. Do you know, Jeff, they played Denver, the number five overall defense, Dallas number nine, Baltimore 14, Pittsburgh two, and New England three. Of course, dude, you're not going to be putting up 30 points a game against these teams. So now you look at the Houston Texans, Jeff, 24th in the NFL. And if you take a look at the Buffalo Bills of what they've been able to do at teams ranked 20th or lower, and keep in mind the Texans are 24th, scored 28 against the Giants, 21 against the Bengals, 31 against the Dolphins, 24 against the Redskins, 16 against the Browns was their low point, and then they scored 37 against Miami. There's going to be shots to take in this game, man. Like Buffalo, I think, is getting a little bit short, and that line should tell you everything, Jeff. Three-point line stays at two-and-a-half all week long, and a home team in Houston who's been there before, whoo-hoo, I'll tell you, man. And you look and you look at Buffalo, I mean, the, one good thing about them, what I think helps them in this matchup, we know that Deshaun's going to want to get the ball to Hopkins and those big-play receivers, but yep. this Buffalo team's been really good because they have great safeties. Look at the pass yards per attempt opponent-wise, and they're only letting up about five and a half yards a pl- uh, an attempt. That's pretty damn good. That's right up there with New England and, and San Francisco. I mean, are they the best team in the, in the NFL defensively? you got to agree they're right up there. They're a top five. Yeah, they're, they're, you can make a, a good argument for all the top five defenses, but they are one, and they're very well coached. Now, when you look at this game, because, Jeff, you know as well as I do, college basketball, NBA, matchups are what you're trying to look at. So when you take a look at the Buffalo Bills, and I, you and I are in the same boat. If, if he's not the best wide receiver in football, he's a top three wide receiver right in DeAndre there. Hopkins. Is there somebody that you wouldn't want than Tredavious White to sort of shadow no, him and say, perfect. all right, Hop, yeah, Hopkins is going to get his. We know that. But you know what Hopkins isn't going to do, Jeff? Seven for 170 and three scores against him. So then you say, all right, well, let's counterbalance it. Will Fuller is such a huge part of that Houston offense. When he's right and him and Hopkins operating on both sides, it's like the old, you know, Deshaun Jackson back in the day, just taking the top off the defense and you have to respect it. Fuller's probably not going to play in this game, and if he does, he's on a pitch count and not going to be fast. So if you could say Tredavious, hang out with Hopkins, and Kenny Stills is banged up. So now you're saying, all right, let's take our front four, front seven, and get pressure on Watson. Let's take Hopkins out of the game. Where are these big plays coming from from the Houston offense? Yeah, I, I think they're going to have a lot of trouble. And, and you look at Buffalo, what makes it even b- more brutal for Houston is Buffalo's 6-0 and this year on the road against the number. 6-0. and They've covered every game. And they're 4-0 and as a road underdog, Donnie. I mean, and they... No, it, 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 I mean, it's impressive. That's imp- they're imp- all their stats are better on the road. And you look at on the road this year, three and a half sacks a game they're grabbing. It's impressive. This is an impressive team. I like Buffalo here. I really do. You, you seem like you're leaning towards maybe a Houston team total under. Is that what you're thinking? Like, like, I, I don't know. if It's, it's hard because you're, you're talking about a perfect environment, and I love the fact that both of these teams, Jeff, got basically bye weeks last week and got rested up and ready. But the one team that's completely healthy is the Buffalo Bills. That's not the case. You're even looking at a lot of players in the secondary, Jeff, for Houston still banged up. And when you're talking about cornerbacks, with groin injuries and hamstring injuries, that usually doesn't end up all that well. And when you take a look overall, Jeff, at the Buffalo Bills, do you know what you really like about this team? 
Like, look in the past couple games or look who they played. You know, they've blown out Miami. They beat Denver. He's got a really good defense. They end up beating Dallas on the road. We saw them on uh, Thanksgiving Day. But look at the losses, Jeff. Inside the 20, first and 10 in the red zone versus the Baltimore Ravens. They end up losing that game 24-17. Then they go beat Pittsburgh on the road, a top-five defense. Then they go in New England where we have to party, relaxing, and chilling. Let's not forget, they came all the way down the field with a chance to tie that football game up and had the lead in the fourth quarter with five minutes to go. This team can play, man. As long as Josh Allen doesn't turn the football over their win, I mean, it's pretty simple. Give, give me, Josh give me, Allen give me, need... he, he's going to have deep shots, Jeff. Just give me, if a guy's wide open by five yards, just hit the guy one or two times, and I think they get this. Yeah, just don't do something stupid. Be a game manager. Get the ball to Singletary. Oh. Run the football. You know, do some good things in the re- – you know, Donnie, one thing about them on the road as well, like I said, their numbers are all better on the road. On the road this year, they're scoring a touchdown like 66% of the time in the red zone compared to like 52 at home. Like they're really good on the road. Josh Allen, just be somewhat accurate. Don't make any mistakes. I think they win this game. Uh, the other game tomorrow, you got uh, the Tennessee Titans, the upstart Tennessee Titans against New England. New England currently laying, um, this is at Fandle, five and a half, a total 44 and a half. Dottie, we know what we're getting with Tannehill. He's been terrific. I mean, 30 points a game uh, when he's been in the lineup. They've been moving the ball. I think his pass yards per attempt is almost like 10 yards. I mean, he's they're moving the ball down the field. And last week was concerning. Stephon Gilmore had a lot of trouble with Devontae Parker. You've got to figure that, you know, A.J. Brown could give him some trouble as well. I think the problem, though, I have with Tennessee is I don't love them defensively, particularly at the back end. Guys up front like Harold Landry haven't gotten to the quarterback. I think we see points in this game. The problem is the weather's not great. I know I'm sure you'll mention that. Uh, I said before, and I'll say it again, I think the, Steel, or the Patriots are, are done. This is not a vintage Patriot team. You don't have Rob Gronkowski. Tom Brady's look brittle. Um, your run game hasn't been particularly good. I think Tennessee can go in there and hang around in this game. Kind of reminds me of that game that you mentioned against Buffalo. I think it's close. I think Tennessee's right in this game. I love the way Tannehill's played. You know what's funny about this, Jeff? I'm looking at a couple different sites that I use, you know, because I'm I'm big on seeing like, well, where are these team totals ending up and what do we think is going to take place? And you're right. If you take a look at Tannehill, the offense was an absolute mess. I mean, they go to they lose at home to Buffalo 14-7. Then they go to Denver, get shut out 16-0. And then Tannehill comes in. 23 points, 27, 20, 35, 42, 31, 42, 21, 28, and 35 to end the season. They're sitting like some of these. You can get 20s. You can even get 19 and a half, like minus 125, which really caught my eye for a moment. And you're right. The weather is not actually supposed to be that bad, though, Jeff. You're talking about maybe 41, 42 degrees, light winds, and light rain if possible, which is probably the best you can hope for at this time of the year up in New England. The only thing that gives me a little bit of pause, because I like the Tennessee offense. It's going to be it's hard to win playoff road games. We, we both know that. But who have they actually beaten? I know like Kansas City hung at 433 yards in the air, 97 on the ground. So basically 525 yards on offense. They should have lost that game, but they win. And credit that. That's a nice win, 35-32. But then they beat Jacksonville, Indianapolis, Oakland, lose to Houston, lose to New Orleans, and then beat a second-string team in Houston. The only thing I'm worried about is if that line is the four-and-a-half to five-and-a-half range, we're probably not looking at this thing. You know, Tennessee could probably cover this game. You're probably going to have to win. I think they have enough horses to win, but it's one of those things where – you're still in Foxborough. The Patriots are still 12-4. and four. It's, it's hard to get over that, even though I do agree 
that the Patriots are done. I just don't know if they're done this week because the next week, Jeff, they're done. This week, I'm not so sure yet. Yeah, you know, I think if I can get good weather, I'll take this game over the total. I think we could see yeah, like a – I agree with you. You know, I think we could see – I agree know, because yeah, what's the total for the Patriots, like 24, 24 and a half in that range. The Patriots should be able to score on the Tennessee on the Tennessee defense. And you can't just – because how many times – have you heard this, Jeff Foley? Oh, Tannehill, Tannehill's got to go in the fog. This is a completely different Tannehill than what he had with the Miami Dolphins. This offense is really good. Best tailback in the league run per yards-wise. Some really good young wide receivers, and he's athletic. This isn't a guy, Jeff, where it's like you sit back in the pocket like Eli Manning and you get a hand on him, he goes down. This is a big, strong dude just absolutely hammering it. I, it's going to be a fun game to watch, and you're right. It's one of those to me where maybe like an hour before the game when they pop in and do the pregames, you want to see what it really looks like there. It doesn't look like it's going to be bad, but I don't want to get caught like saying, hey, let's hit the over, and it looks like the Dallas Cowboys game a couple weeks ago. Donnie, you know I'm big on touchdowns. Okay, I want I don't want field goals in the red zone. Okay, a lot of teams struggle with that. Tennessee leads the league by a wide margin in scoring percentage in the red zone with a touchdown. They're scoring a touchdown 76% of the time. The next closest team, Baltimore at 67. So they're almost 10% better than any other team that they put and you know, the sucky thing is Take out, like, the Mariota games, they're, like, above 80%. This game is automatic in the red zone. That could be a big difference in this game. I think Tennessee can win. I really do. I don't think this is the same New England team, and I think it's been pretty obvious. Donnie, do you think this game gets to six or maybe seven? No, right? No way. No way. I actually think it might come down a little bit more. I'm looking – I'm way, it's, it's almost one of the things where you want it because if it gets to six, you really can't pass that up. But if it gets, like, four and a half of the game time or four – Man, leaning towards the Patriots now, but I'm trying to like the way I'm looking at this. I'm trying to work a way to take the New England Patriots in this football game, but a lot of things have to match up. Also, want to see if Jason McCourty plays. He hasn't played in a couple weeks, almost since basically since Week 12. If he comes back, then you got four cornerbacks in the top 25 in the NFL playing to match up against that Tennessee Titans secondary. But it's going to come down to how well they can run the ball. You can run the ball a little bit on the Patriots. Well, we'll see. It's 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 a fascinating game though. There's a lot of angles you can work here. Donnie, one thing about uh, gambling that I, we usually, you and I, are, are pretty similar on is we don't do teasers or parlays. It's not something we do. But so this in the NFL, particularly in the playoffs, you can find some value. And shout out to DraftKings. Uh, now, I don't know if you have DraftKings, but I do. DraftKings does a minus – they do 105 on teasers. I don't know if you know mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. You look at these two games. You tease Buffalo up to 8.5. Mm-hmm. You tease Tennessee to 11.5. How do those lose? I mean, unless New England just wins, you know, 28-13. I mean, yeah, I think Yeah, that's Buffalo, not really their M.O. at this point, yeah. Yeah. Those two teasers look really good, especially if you're, you know, if you're into teasers. Uh, they're tough to do, but it's a consideration. Uh, Sunday's mm-hmm. games. Minnesota, it seems like Minnesota and the Saints play every year in the playoffs. <laughs> uh, that's no different. Saints, 7.5, total 49.5. You know, I... I don't know about this game because I look at everything the Saints do, and I think it's going to give the Vikings trouble. You know, you know that secondary for Minnesota is just kind of looks slow. And Donnie, I know you're good. You're a good football mind, and you know this kind of stuff. Do you remember when the Eagles played the Vikings in the NFC title game? Yeah. Do you go back and look at the game tape? Which there was a. I don't know if you saw this, but I think NFL Films did kind of like a. 
it was kind of a game theory where like they looked at the game tape from this game and, mm-hmm. and highlighted kind of deficiencies. And Harrison Smith, one of the things that they found that Harrison Smith did was he bought he bit a lot on cover like coverages mm-hmm. and he, he wasn't he was kind of a tenacious, like aggressive guy. And if you go back and look, like they really exploited Harrison Smith in that game and it seems like a, a smart coaching mind, you know, can see that, and he knows that these corners aren't particularly good. So Harrison Smith's going to be involved in this game. He's a good hitter, good player, but I don't like this secondary. We all know the Saints are terrific at home, but I'll tell you, Donnie, I'd also don't, I don't love the Saints' pass defense. I think it's good. It's not great. And you look at their run defense. It's also good, not great. I mean, they're allowing 91 yards a game, but they're allowing like 4.3 yards a carry, which is Good, not great. I just think they're a decent defense. I don't think it – you don't have to see a ton of points for this to go over 49. I mean, at the end of the day, we figure New Orleans probably gets close to 30. And you look at Minnesota on the road this year, Kirk Cousins has been pretty damn good. I think they're putting up 27 a game. I had a tough time with the side. I'm kind of liking the over. But out of the three game or four games, this is the game I like the least. This is a tough game. It is a tough game, and it really comes down to what we talk about all the time with Minnesota. Like, sometimes you watch Kirk Cousins, like, man, he can really spin it. Boy, look at the yeah. talent. And then sometimes you look at him, it's like, boy, he's coming up small. And the one thing you always know, Jeff, there's a reason why Drew Brees and the Saints are so good in the Dome. Because to me, it's the single hardest place to play because you can't hear anything on offense. And when things start snowballing and that defensive line gets a jump because nobody can hear anything – that is such a massive thing to do. And coming down the stretch, you're taking a look at what you know the New Orleans Saints are doing, right? They lost the game they probably should have won versus San Francisco, who to me I think is the best team in the NFC. But before that, they beat Atlanta 28-16. That loss by two points to San Francisco, which is a wild shootout. They dropped the hammer on Indianapolis 34-7. Tennessee on the road 38-28. And then just embarrassed Carolina. Now, of course, Minnesota has a lot more options. Thielen and Diggs on the outside. You also have Dalvin Cook, who's going to be ready to go in this football game. And he is a massive, massive swing, especially when you're taking another dome environment where he's going to be on turf. He should be able to dominate. But you're right. That secondary is so vulnerable for the Minnesota Vikings, you have Kendrick coming into this game, banged up with a quad injury. He's the single most important piece of that entire defense. And if he's banged up, that's really going to affect the running game for the Saints and what they can do. I, I got to tell you, like uh, most people, probably the same as me. You see the line open up, Jeff, or eight in the West. That's too many points, man. That's, you you got to take Minnesota. Look what they can do. But the more I look at this game, I don't know who's stopping the New Orleans Saints, especially in this football game. They don't have the set. Like, you know, if Xavier Rhodes was three years ago and playing at the MVP level, yeah, they have a chance. Mackenzie Alexander's down in this game. You're right about Harris, Harrison Smith, more of a banger up front, destroy the tight end, come up and fill blocks. Nobody's stopping wide receiver, you know, in this football game. 149 catches on the season for Michael Thomas. Cook has been an amazing tight end. I just don't see Minnesota winning. So unless we're one of those people that say, hey, look, well, if it's the end of the game and they're down 14, they get, I mean, that's the wrong way to cap games if you're worried about can they sneak through the back door because then you don't actually think they can win. But I think I agree with you on points. There should be no reason why this is a defensive stalwart game in a dome with two teams with elite weapons. Kind of, kind of seems like 31-21 to me. Like, it does, like that. yes. I, I could see, you know, I could see Minnesota doing some good things, but, you know, they never really do enough and – and I see that Saints get into 30. I mean, I think that's kind of what they do. I'll tell you, the Saints, maybe you just say, fuck everything, and just say, let's just take, you know, Saints, team total over, 29 and a half. I think they get to 30. 
Let's go with it. Yep. Yep. Now, I've, I brought that up a couple times this week because you're looking at any return of getting lines, 28.5 to 30.5 is actually ranging from. And I'll say to myself, like, if you like 28.5, right, how many times, Jeff, does a team oh, – oh, Saints just scored four touchdowns and no more – you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's, unless it's like 26, 25, 24 where it makes sense, most teams don't just score four touchdowns. Something else is going to be in there. So if we like it at 28, you like it at 28 and a half, 29, right up to 30. They're probably going to have to get to 31 points. But you're right. Look, 42 points, 38, 34, 46, 26, 34, 34. <laughs> they, they score in punches, uh, man. Yes. Yeah, this Minnesota team, as I said, doesn't offer you much defensively either. Um, all right, final game. Eagles hosting mm. the Seahawks. Seahawks laying one and a half on the road, total 45 and a half. Uh, battle the Birds, Donnie. The last 11 playoff games involving Bird teams, the home team is 11 and 0. Do you know that? Um, so, good stuff there. Uh, a couple injury points. Uh, both these teams are mangled right now. A lot of injuries, but as I said earlier, I wrote a little blog for this game, PubStressRadio.com. I know you're doing some stuff there as well. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, I wrote that I felt like the Eagles should be favored in this game, and I felt like the Eagles were more equipped to handle the injury bug. Let's look at some injuries, though. Eagles front. Zach Ertz, according to John Clark from Embassy Sports, Philadelphia. There's optimism, Donnie, that Zach Ertz will be able to play Sunday, barring any surprises, according to sources. He has passed some stringent tests, but will need to pass more to be cleared. He has a small cut on his kidney. Um, I've seen doctors mention that there's no way they would clear a player with a cut on his kidney to play a contact sport. I guess we'll see. It would definitely help because I don't like Seattle guarding tight ends. Uh, Lane Johnson's questionable. I don't know if he'll play. Miles Sanders looks to be good to go. Jalen Mills would be in there as well at corner. Seattle, no run game. you got Marshawn Lynch and Travis Homer. We've got to figure – Donnie, the first time these two teams played, you remember that game? Rashad Penny had a big run. Malik Turner mm-hmm. had like a flea flicker touchdown. Like yep. Seattle had a ton of penalties. Like they really shouldn't have won. The Eagles are just so inept. And Carson Wentz had like five, five turnovers. turnovers. Yeah. yeah, it was arguably his worst game ever as a pro. So, I don't know. I look at this game. I just think the wrong team's favored. I mean, the Eagles have won, I think, 16 of 25 at home. They've been really good. Uh, th- these elimination games have been terrific for them. I think they just relish in this opportunity. And I think this is wild. But, Donnie, who do you feel more comfortable with at receiver? Okay, so if you have Mac Hollins, Ortega Whiteside, and Aguilar – or Robert Davis, Greg Ward, and Deontay Burnett. Who would you rather have? It's crazy, right? You're so right. Like, you, even just take back to the Giants game, right? And forget about some of the catches they're making. But it's almost like Carson Wentz can drop back, and these guys are running like real routes, Chef, and they're open yeah. and they're catching the ball. And it's I'm saying like this is the way it's supposed to look, and we're just not used to it, where nobody's open, nobody can catch, and you're a high draft yeah. pick. And at this point, too, also. We we have to admit with Nelson Aguilar, he, he's not hurt. The Eagles probably just have a handshake agreement. Look, we're not going to embarrass you. We'll, we'll just say the knee hurts. We don't even want you around here. We're not signing you. You'll be a free agent. But, you know, just be a good team player and hang out on the side. Because his, knee, his knee's not hurt, right? No way. I tell you, Donnie, we, I was talking, and Dumphy calls into the show. He, I mean, he had me on a show last night, and that's what I said. I, I basically said, like, and he, one of them mentioned, like, Maybe he was the rat that was telling everyone about, you know, 
you know, all, remember all the the negativity that was going around. He seems just yeah, kind of like a weak know, dude right now. With falls and all that. I see. I don't. I think his game is so weak though. I don't think he really is that. It, it sounds like Alshon, but he, he was so poor. And they got these practice squatters. You can even call them, but they're not practice squatters. And they're NFL players. They, these guys will be on NFL teams next year. And hopefully, you know, Boston Scotts of the world and the Greg Wards will be with the Eagles. But you're right. Like no longer it's. They're so low-level graded at wide receiver, Jeff, but I'm not even looking at this week going, boy, the Eagles have nothing at wideout anymore. Remember who you were looking at like four weeks ago? Like, they don't even have a wide receiver out there. They were, like, they were so bad, Jeff, and the jokes were like, well, how can you go into a game with three wide receivers? And we would say, like, dude, they don't have any wide receivers. But now they actually have guys that make catches and get open and do the right thing. It's amazing, man. It really is. What do you think in this game? What do you think goes on here? I'm telling you, early in the week – he opened up. He said, I don't, you know, Eagles are just lucky to be here. It's just going to be a party, and whatever happens, happens. And Seattle should win the football game because Russell Wilson is amazing. But each and every day I'm looking deeper and deeper in the stuff. Now, here's some of the things that we need to have because you did a good job running down, like, the injury-type situation. Jadavion Clowney is not on the injury report, but he's 50% of what he was. Do you remember, Jeff, we watched that Monday Night Football game against the 49ers, and we're going like, oh, my God, man, we should, why didn't we give up a first-round pick? He's wrecking the entire game plan. Then he gets hurt, and he sort of disappears here. They don't have a great secondary. They don't get after the pass rusher. But, boy, wouldn't it have been nice if you had Brandon Brooks and a healthy Lane Johnson on the right side? Because if you remember the last time that the Eagles played the Seattle Seahawks, they didn't have Jordan Howard in that game, which he'll be in this game. I, I don't know if they're hiding that he's still hurt and not playing him. But Lane Johnson didn't even play in the last football game that they had. So it's not like, oh, well, now you don't have Lane Johnson. They didn't have him in that game either. If he can come back and play in this game, and Zach Ertz can come back and play in this game, and Miles Sanders can come back and play in this game, Jeff, i got to tell you, there's one angle I'm really pushing right now because – Seattle is a really bad first-half football team. doesn't matter if it's home or away. They're always in dogfights. But what thing do we always try to avoid when you're betting at Seattle? If this game, Jeff, is 17-17 with six minutes to go in the fourth quarter, Russ got you right where he wants him. He's going to make some freak-ass play and have some crazy drive, and they'll end up winning. But they don't seem to do that in the first half. So I'm trying to find an angle here if I do get some good injury information that maybe the Eagles are, fa- are getting like a half of a point in the first half. We're saying, hey, look, if I'm up at the half, great. If I'm tied at the half, fantastic. Because to me, Jeff, if the Eagles are down 17-10 at the half, I just don't think it's going to work out. They have to be up at the half to win this football game. And that's what, those are some of the angles I'm trying to work here. Yeah, I mean, at five times right now, it's, it's a pick them, 110. So, you know, you get, a, you get a tie, you get a push. But, yeah, it's a yep. tough game. I mean, I, I think the Eagles should win. I think they're the team that should be favored here. Um, it's just – it's a lot of pressure to put on Russell Wilson. I mean, it's just – you have no run game now. You have nowhere to go. And Like, if, like if you had – like remember I had played before, Jeff? If you told me right now, you said, no, you can get Chris Carson back and Penny back in this game. I'd be like, you know what, Eagles, man, it was a fun year, but it just think it, it's Marshawn Lynch, 13, he'll get his 13 carries for 41 yards, and he might have a beast mode run from the one-yard line, but they don't have that person. Chris Carson was so good, Jeff. It's a shame, but hey, it yeah. helps the Eagles now. Donnie, I got a prop bet I'm looking at here, okay? Tell Go. me why you wouldn't take a shot with this. Yeah. Miles Sanders and Tyler Lockett each scored two or more touchdowns. It's not out of the question. Miles Sanders is going to get the boatload of carries. Tyler Lockett's their best receiver. Eighty. Yeah, I got to see how healthy. Yeah, no, no, I, I hear you on that. It's it's hard because I don't really know what I'm getting out of Miles Sanders. 
And you need to be the goal line back to get that for a running back. It's, you know, it's very rare that you run it at two touchdowns in from like the 20-yard line out. That would be the only downfall. But if he was healthy, that is a pretty good one, man, if he was healthy. Final from Tulsa. Tulsa beats Temple 70-44. to Yikes. Yeah. Uh, awful loss for Aaron McKee's group. Temple shoots 27% from the field. I mean, listen, you want to get fucking fans at the Leacor Center. You don't lose to Tulsa by 26. Give me a fucking break. Uh, by the way, if you were looking at college basketball tonight, this was probably the best play on the board. I mean, why was T- Tulsa a favorite, Donnie? I mean, come on. I mean, it's pretty simple. Um, Temple was a By the way, if the Eagles go down tomorrow, man, what a terrible week for the Philadelphia sports team. Flyers getting their head <laughs> cracked open. Temple stinks. Sixers getting busted. Good Lord, man. Yeah, yeah. Flyers seem to, like, lose every game now for some reason. I- yeah. I mean, I they gave up 10 goals the last two nights. The Kings are like the yeah, worst what do you team do? in the fucking on the road? Is it like you get, is it like, cause I know these, these Philadelphia teams because Disney on Ice comes to the uh, Wells Fargo Center. It, it just seems like a rite of passage. Like they just go away for like a week and a half and get cracked because we all know most of the good teams are out west and that's where they go. It's just, God, Jesus Christ, man. Flyers have given up uh, 17 goals over the last four games. Not good. <laughs> really bad. Um, Donnie Wright said, great info, man. Uh, mm-hmm. Really good stuff. Uh, one other thing. We, we talked about teasers yep. earlier, Donnie. Yep. At um, FanDuel uh, Sportsbook, uh, they give you plus 250 on six-point teasers, four teams. You take all four games. Bills, Titans, Saints, yep. Eagles. Plus 250. Not bad. If you look at these four games, I like to give you like buy or sell. Which yeah. road team is most likely to pick up a W this weekend? Buffalo. Yes, I agree, man. I 100% yeah. agree with that. I think three – I have – I think three – again, we could probably look at the Seattle-Philadelphia game, and obviously the Buffalo-Houston game is the two most likely. But three home teams are winning to me this weekend. One of them is not, and I agree. That first game right out of the chute. And, you know, it's, it's, if you have the same thing as me, Jeff, you root for Buffalo, I find myself rooting for Buffalo when they play. Yeah, no, I definitely do. I like that good yeah. hard-nosed defense. You know, they don't win a lot of games um, you know, over the years. Yeah, I, I like it as well. Don, before we let you go, I wanted to just yeah. report on one quick uh, story I heard um, today. The New York Post reported Friday that a fractured ankle Joanna Sesford has suffered in the spring came from a bizarre incident in Florida. News of the injury where Sesford has suffered multiple right ankle fractures and what they call a violent fall on the outfielder's ranch that was not baseball-related. According to reports, he had caught a wild boar in one of his several traps he set at his ranch to keep animals away from his property. In this case, the boar was taken out of the trap but neither charged towards Cespedes or startled him, causing him to step into a hole and fracture his ankle. Yeah, it's it's a great story. So he still gets paid under his contract, but he probably had like one of his uh, hot bikes out because he has a million cars and a million motorcycles. He was probably messing around and busted his ankle. And how many times have we seen that one before? Like, hey, man, I was the one guy in uh, forget the guy in uh, for the Rockies. Uh, I was carrying venison meat up the stairs while he was out on his dirt bike. And the same thing, Jeff Kent, a while ago, second baseman for the Giants. I was washing my truck and fell off it. No, you're riding your bike. So in, in, in your contract, it says you can't ride a dirt bike. And uh, who's the most recent one? It was um, Bumgarner did the same thing as well. So, no, he was riding a Keep bike. Keep in mind, Bum- though, Joanna Cespedes has 
contract clause is that if he does not play, his salary decreases. So he had been owed $29 million in 2019, but that was cut to $14.8 million, according to payroll information. His base salary of $29.5 million in 2020 was also cut to just $6 million. And if he doesn't start the season on the injury list because of injuries in this Boar accident, his base salary will increase to $11 million. So he actually does have some pretty decent uh, injury stuff where if he doesn't play, he doesn't uh, – he doesn't get paid enough, but Donnie, great stuff, man. Always good to talk oh. to you. Uh, enjoy the picks this weekend. Enjoy the uh, NFL. Uh, by the way, before we let you go, what do you got on Monday in the national championship? Do you have a pick on? You like Clemson, I'm sure. Well, a couple weeks, right? So we don't have that one for another 10 days, but I do like Clemson. So. Oh, it's on Monday. Ah, it's the 13th. Is it? I thought it was See, we, got, we got like a, yeah, we got like a million days to that damn thing, man. Isn't it crazy damn, how long it is? Right. <laughs> I thought it was a fuck. Why? Why no, dude, they give him like a month. Like, yeah, they give him like a month off. Isn't that crazy? Like, good lord, man. Yeah, that's. Did you play? I thought it December was December twenty eighth. You don't play the title game till the thirteenth. Why is it not Monday? Give him a week off. Why do they need fucking a month? Like Jesus. I don't, I don't know. Why it's the college? So you know these kids can't miss school and they can't play too many football games. And come on, the season. Yeah, I was end sure them up that was. What's sure what's gonna come fun. quicker, the Super Bowl or the uh, Clemson LSU game? Jesus yeah. Christ! Yeah, seems like cr- wild. All right, Donnie, good stuff, man. You're the uh, best. Thanks, boss man. Peace. Yeah. yeah. Uh, all right, let's take one more call. We got someone holding here. Uh, go ahead, call. You're up and live. What's up? Yo. Hello. What up? Hello. Yo. Can you hear me? Yes. Yes, I uh, wanted to call in and call and talk about um, the Louisville game and Butler game. The Louisville tomorrow. Um, yeah, you know, I'll, I'll hit Butler first. That's a tough game for Creighton. Kind of seems like the spot where they'll kind of slip up. They played really well, but a trip to Hinkle Fieldhouse to play Butler, definitely a tough tonic. So, as far as that game, I kind of like Butler. Seems like a game they're going to win by double digits in. Creighton's got kind of a big look at game as well next week against Villanova. Uh, and that's a tough travel schedule there to uh, to Butler. As far as Louisville, uh, I don't know. I mean, Florida State's really good. They're a big team. Um, but I don't know. Louisville's back at home. So, and I always like home teams. Feels like a game they can win by double digits, but I always think Florida State can hang in games just because they are a pretty good offensive team. They're great at the foul, and they're so big, they can rebound at such a wide, high margin. But this isn't a vintage Florida State team. I feel like uh, Louisville kind of bounces back here off the Kentucky loss and gets a win at home. But two games that are tough, man. I I don't love either of them. I see one more game, the Duke game uh, versus Miami. Yeah, I talked about this game earlier with a uh, with a caller. Someone called in about this game. You know, I think Miami's interesting. One of the keys to covering as a big underdog is making free throws, not turning the ball over, and hitting three-point shots, all of which Miami can do. Um, I think as long as they don't get beaten up on the boards, I think they have a chance in this game. They always play Duke pretty well at home, and they don't turn the ball over. I think they can hang in this game. Trey Jones is coming back from an injury. Um Duke's imposing. They're probably the most talented team in the country overall. Um, but I feel like if I can get double digits, I think Miami as a home dog makes some sense. They do a lot of things that are good when you're backing an underdog. I see. All right. Thank you, Jeff. 
Thanks, buddy. Thanks for calling. Call again. Um, all right, guys. Great calls tonight. Fun show. Uh, thanks to all of you guys for joining me. All the, the great game calls and you know, just kind of overall questions. Thanks to Donnie Wrightside for joining us. Talking to NFL football. Gave us a prediction on each game. Uh, next week, we'll, we'll feature guests. I'm sure we'll talk to Donnie again. Uh, Ian Cameron will join us. Matt uh, or uh, Mike Randall will join us. Three Men Weave will join us. we got a lot of guests next week. If you have a guest you want me to bring on, let me know. I'll get them on. Uh, we can talk sports, whatever they want. Um, I'm out. You all enjoy your night. Have fun uh, with the uh, college basketball tomorrow, the NFL. Enjoy your uh, time. Make sure you bet uh, and have some discipline when you do it. If you want to join me, I'd love to have you at my website, bmocwins.com. I got a couple of plays tomorrow out already uh, for the college basketball uh, card. Uh, I'm 25 and 15 on the season so far. I've had a really solid uh, year. Um, you know, keeping our head above water in college basketball. I've had a good year in the NFL. In fact, we're seven and one at the website. So. You know, come join us. What I do, I put a lot of great game previews out. I talk about my games. I give analysis for them. If you want picks, you want to get on with me, check me out at bmocwins.com. We're out of here. You all have a great night. I'll return Sunday night. Make sure you join me then. Have a good night. Thank you for tuning in to the Don't Teaser Me Bro podcast, Sunday through Thursday, 10 p.m. Eastern Time. As you know, we cover it all, but if you do need some more, follow Jeff Nadu on Twitter at Jeff Nadu and also get his work at dmocwins.com. If you would like to track Donnie, check him out on Twitter at Right Side VP, and also his work at RightWager.com. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today. To, has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.